everybody. Welcome back to Lipstick and Lightsabers. I am Shannon. And I'm Alex. And today we are diving into Andor episodes one through three. I feel like this has been a long time coming and the payoff was amazing. Oh, yeah. I am an Andor stan. I'm so excited. Do you get this feeling, too? Like, it feels like a proper, like, drama series, but it's set in the Star Wars universe. Yeah, it feels like HBO made it. Like, it, does. it really... It, it feels really expensive. It feels, like, grounded in, like, a lived space. Like, it just... Oh, it's so good. Like, this is the most, like, realistic, I feel like, a Star Wars, like, world has felt. Yeah. Like, just seeing them, like, the people who were, like, working a nine-to-five and just, like, walking around. You know, it's almost like they wrote this really compelling story and then decided to set it in Star Wars. It's exactly what it feels like. Like, this could be about anything. Yeah. Like, they're not relying on fan service. (laughs) Nope. Not at all, <laughs> other than our messy boy himself. It just is really compelling. And, like, the new characters are great. Mm-hmm. They're just as good, if not better, than the messy boy himself. I don't know if I would say better. I mean, I love, true. I love, yeah, I love Cassian. Yeah, I'm so glad that they got Diego Luna back in Star Wars. He is so good in this role. He is. Just, He's oh. amazing at everything he does. He's... I love him. Yeah. I have seen a couple of people complaining that the show is slow, but, like, it feels... These three episodes that we got felt like a movie. Like, yeah. you're supposed to watch mm-hmm. them, like, all at once, because it's yeah. just a movie that's being told. I actually thought that the pacing was really great. Like, I really... I, I rewatched it again this morning, all of it, and... I think the pacing really works. Like, it really builds up to, like, you know, episode three where we're getting more information. We're, like, you know, we've hit this. Everyone's in peril. Like, no spoilers yet. We're going to definitely get into spoilers, but it really built up well. Yeah. Well, and I think, like, the way that it's paced gets you attached to the characters, which, like, that was the thing about Rogue One. Like, it was a character story. Yeah. And I like that that's carrying over. Mm-hmm. Yes. Yes. It's so great. So before we get into that, um, we do have a recommendation from Miss Alex. Lay it yes. on us. It's House of the Dragon. <laughs> and I know, like, there's two kinds of people. There's people watching House of the Dragon, and then there's people who are hesitant to watch it because they're very hurt by Game of Thrones. And the second I one was, is me. Well, I the was going to say... Alex, the second one is me. Well, okay, <laughs> no, but I was the second one until I gave in. I was very, like, very convinced when they dropped episode one, I was like, I am not watching this. Yeah. Like, it with this goes against everything within my constitution. I can, I'm not watching this. I can't do it. I can't do it to myself again. And then I ended up on House of the Dragon TikTok and the rest is history. I couldn't stay away. This show is so different than Game of Thrones. It is. There's We're recording Sunday, so there's going to be episode six dropping tonight. And I've been waiting all week. Like, I am hotly anticipating this episode. I'm so excited. Um, this show is a 
femme gaze. Like, truly femme gaze. I cannot believe we're getting this from, like, the Game of Thrones universe. The characters are amazing. Acting, amazing. Obviously, Matt Smith is incredible in this role. Um, He's also a very messy boy, like Cassian. Um, I, like, none of these characters have, you know, like, good morals. And they're all out for themselves. But you have to root for them. Like, you... So good. Is how many episodes are left? Do you know? Half. So there were five, and now there's five left. Oh wow. Okay. So, so for yeah, some reason, so I thought we were like nearing the end. So we've still got a little no. ways to go. So you know, there's going to be a ten year time jump in tonight's episode. So there's the new actors, the new actors for uh, Rhaenyra and for Alicent. And then a few other actors are also getting aged up by different actors. Um, So it's kind of like sad to see the other actors go because they were very good. But I'm looking forward to the new actor. So they each get like half a season, basically. Mm -hmm. I'm definitely like on a knife's edge, could go either way. Like, so close to giving in to watching this show. Shannon. I know, I know. I'm like, now that I know that there's so much left, because before I was like, I mean, I feel like it's almost over, so, like, maybe I should just hold out, and then, like, I'll know for sure, but, like, it, I think it's going to happen. But now that I know there's so much left, I'm like, oh, they could still, they could still, <laughs> they could still mess it up. But, like, but the thing is, you know, like, you have to know going into the show that, it's a pre- it's like watching the Star Wars prequels. I mean, true. like it's like you know things are gonna go bad. So like it can't like, you know hurt this me is the I downfall. You know it's gonna go bad. Yeah, you know this is the downfall of them because it's a prequel to Game of Thrones. You know what happens to the Targaryens, true, which is true, sad. True. But I am very happy with what's going on right now and how femgaze it is. Like, I cannot believe it. There was, like, there was a sex scene in one of the episodes, and I thought I was watching Bridgerton. Yeah, see, I'm like, and I saw the wedding scene, so I'm like... I'm, I'm like, I want to watch it. And like, and just like in Game of Thrones fashion, that wedding was crazy. I mean, yeah. Like it was a crazy wedding. Like it was a very Game of Thrones wedding, um, but more femme gays. Like, gosh, remember how I was not spoiled at all on the Red Wedding? And I, I went into that episode like completely unawares. Yeah. It's crazy to watch people go in unspoiled for the Red Wedding. Yeah. It's crazy. I had no it wasn't, idea. It wasn't as mortifying, I would say, as the Red Wedding, but it was quite violent at times. But like I said, it was also very femme gay. There's lots of dancing going on, a lot, lots of lingering looks. Oh, yes. Listen, like I said, I am dangerously close. So by the next time we record, it could be that I have completely caught up. We shall see. <laughs> yeah, I binge it all on my birthday. I watched yeah. all five episodes and I couldn't stop. Like, I was drawn in. Yeah, I can feel it. <laughs> I can feel it happening. I can feel it. So not a ton of news from this week, but I will say with it being almost October, um, we are getting very close to new Star Wars content. So Tales of the Jedi comes out at the end of October, right before Halloween um, on October 26th. And then High Republic 
The next phase will be starting on October 12th with Higher Public number one. Everything else got pushed back to November. Yeah. But we do have Path of Deceit and Quest for the Hidden City. Yes. And I'm 100 pages in to Path of Deceit. And And you're loving it. Y'all, like, okay, remember? (laughs) I keep, I feel like I've been saying this a lot because, like, I feel like Star Wars books are, like, getting really good. But, like, remember what it was like to read Lost Stars for the first time? Stop. It's that good? Yeah, it's that good. Okay, maybe. Okay, okay. No, like, you don't understand. So, like, (sighs) the path of the open hand, the lore that has already been introduced, I'm, like, screaming, crying, throwing up. The implications. Ah. I understand why we had to go backwards to go forwards. Like... Ooh, interesting. And just the so there's a Jedi boy and um a girl who's in the cult and she's part of like the Roe family. So like there's all this like what happened? What's going on? And like when they see each other, oh my god, like Justina and Tessa Oh, my God. Coming for throats, right? Literally. Like, I'm eating out of their hands right now. I was on the floor. It's, yeah. It's a lot. It's a lot, a lot, a lot. And I'm already, like, really excited even for um, Quest of the Hidden City because they keep, like, name-dropping Jetta, And I know, like, that's where the audiobook's going. And I'm like... Things are going to go down. It feels so fantasy. Like, there's forests. And it's beautiful. Like, we're going to talk about with Andor how the um, Empire, like, destroys planets, like, looking for resources. Like, we're so far in the past that it feels more like fantasy. Because, like, yes, there's technology. But, like, yeah. yeah. I see what you mean. Like, less industrial. Yeah. Like, more natural resources. Well, I mean, like, they talk about, like, a lot of flowers in this. The trees are beautiful. Mm-hmm. Like, this planet might be, like, my favorite Star Wars planet so far. You're, it's almost like you're expecting, like, Faye to be introduced. Literally, though. <laughs> no, okay, but, like, the the species that, like, the Roe family is, like, are they Faye? Like, maybe. Oh, my god. They read like Please. that. Please. That's cool. Yeah. So, I mean, like, like I said, I'm only 100 pages in. This book doesn't come out for, like, another month. But, like, I am into it. So, I think with that, we are ready to get into Andor, episodes one through three, our messy little boy. Yeah. So, I made these notes, like, separating the episodes. But, like you said, it it really feels like a movie. So, I feel like we're just going to talk about the whole story we've gotten so far. Like, just kind of mix it all together, probably. Yeah, I feel like, I mean, this obvious, this is obvious, but, like, the best place to start, like, the opening of episode one felt so cool. Like, it's just, like, a Blade Runner. It felt exactly like Blade Runner. Like, a lone figure, like, walking under these streetlights, and, like, it's Cassian, but just the city itself felt, like, really cool and, like, very different and like you said in our in the notes here, like this isn't the Cassian that we know from Rogue One, and no. the only way I can describe him is it truly is messy, like yeah. he's making so many mistakes. 
he's out for himself. Like, that's, yeah. that's it. <laughs> it was so, so cool. And I mean, he walks into this, like, brothel, basically. Yeah. Which was already kind of, like, shocking. And these guys follow him out and they get into a confrontation and he kills both of them. Yeah. That's my boy. That's He's just a little boy. How old is he? He's 21. <laughs> I was shocked. <laughs> he's 21 in this show because it says yeah. that it's, um, like, 5 BBY. I guess so that's he's why 21. they filmed it all, like, so quickly because they're like, oh, he's aging. <laughs> he's aging. <laughs> he already, like, when you look at pictures from, like, Rogue One, I'm like, he's obviously older. Really older. Yeah. But, like, but it's it, like, I don't care. Like, it's, yeah. it's, you know, you suspend your, just, your, your belief. It's, I don't want any de-aging here. I don't want weird no, looking no, no, Luke no, no, Skywalker. No. Do not, do <laughs> not de-age our man Diego Luna. He is beautiful. Yeah. Just the way he is. Mm-hmm. And he makes up for it in the way he acts. Like, he, he's acting like a 21 year old. Like, yes. he just, the moment, so, like, I know we're, like, skipping kind of, like, why he was on this planet, but, like, when he kills those two guards, because the first one was an accident, and the look on his face, like, he truly was shocked that that accidentally happened, and then you can tell, yeah. like, he, he didn't know what to do, and mm-hmm. so he made a decision, and he killed the other one. Yeah, he just, he, it was and then he really ran. just in the moment. Do you think that he's killed anyone at this point? From his reaction, I wouldn't be surprised if that was the first time he'd ever killed anybody. Yeah. And, mm-hmm. like, since then, because, like, we've seen characters, like, when they kill somebody, like, are, they're, like, really racked with guilt and everything. But, like, Cassian is giving me this air of... I can't focus on anything else right now. I can only focus on this. Survival. Because if I, yeah, well, it's like if I stop moving, like, I'm going to completely break down. So, yeah. like, he's and, like, just and going. And to him, and to him, like, I guess in his mind it was self-defense. Yeah. And, I mean, like, in a way, like, in the first one, it was completely unintentional. Mm-hmm. And the second one, he just truly didn't know what to do and that's why i say like he's constantly making mistakes because he's like making bad decisions and once yeah. again i think that comes from him being so young and not knowing what he's doing it really does like harmonize well with the beginning of rogue one because he kills the guy at the beginning of rogue one too yeah but at that point killing people isn't doesn't phase him no so like that would be interesting if this was the first one he's killed because then it would like really tie together the two different Cassians we see. Yes. Yeah. So do you want to talk about, like, what he's doing? Like, why he's so, like, determined, single-minded? Yeah, so he walks into this brothel, and at first he um, he kind of, like, lays pretty low. Like, he's not – he's kind of just, like, playing the part of, like, going in the brothel. Um, I guess, like, someone who works there approaches him, kind of asks him, like, what he's interested in. And he says, you know, he's interested in a Canari girl, which we learn more about Canari later on. Then it's found out that this Canari girl is no longer there. So – we've come to know that this girl is actually his sister. We're like, well, where is she? Like, why doesn't he know where she is? And I mean, by episode three, I think we know why he doesn't know where she is. Yes. I remember when we found out that Cassian had a sister and it Mm -hmm. was just so like, what? 
because yeah. we didn't know anything about him. And I, I tended to think mm-hmm. of, like, his past kind of like Poe Dameron's, like, especially with the line, you know, like, I've been in this fight since I was six years old kind of thing. Yeah. I just assumed that his parents were in the rebellion, so he got roped into yeah. it. And that's not mm-hmm. the case at all. I think we should just jump ahead and kind of talk about that um, episode three with the sister and probably get into Canari as a whole. Yeah, absolutely. So, um, so yeah, we get a lot of flashbacks to uh, young Cassian, like probably what, like 11, 12? Like, he, uh, he looks like 11 or 12, yeah. So I like... I. <laughs> Every time I see this kid, I'm like, is he supposed to be six? Because he's not six. I thought he was in this fight since he was six. <laughs> but well, I have theories for that. I do I have, have theories for no, that. No, I have theories for that, too. And, yeah. and you know, um, we get a lot of flashbacks to Canary. And, like, the one thing that stands out immediately in episode one is that they're only kids. Like, there's only children. no adults in this group of people in this, like, village. There are no adults. Mm-hmm. Um they're also, like, all wearing very interesting clothing because the clothing don't look like they're necessarily, like, handmade. Like, they're, or they are, but they're almost, like, industrial-looking clothing. Like, they're not... It... Well, like, and we come to find out that, like, nobody knows much about this planet because there was a mining disaster. Yeah. Which we yeah. see. We... We don't see, like, the disaster, but we see the after effects of it, which, mm-hmm. as a soil person, I, I've been living for the environmental stuff in Star Wars lately. Yeah. Um, but, like, somebody said, like, you know, everybody died. But obviously we see these group of kids, and they're giving very much, like, sur- like kids who were surviving Orphans. in the woods. Yeah. Yeah. Like, they're Mm -hmm. scavenging for resources and supplies. Like, the beginning where we start seeing these flashbacks, a ship goes down. So I think, like, they were gonna scavenge it for supplies. Yeah. And obviously that doesn't go as planned. No. Um, I definitely think, though, that... Because you were saying, like, like, he's been in this fight since he was six. And, like, what if, let's say he's 11 or 12 now, if that mining accident happened, like, five or six years ago, he would have been, like, let's say six when that happened. So he's been, like, that was probably the death of his parents. Yeah. So to say that he's been in this fight since he was six, you know, like, he's been fending for himself since he was that young. Like, he's been out for himself. He's been hurt by the Empire since then. Mm-hmm. And look, seeing how young, like, his sister is, she would have been, like, a baby or, and, like, Like, young. a toddler. Like, yeah. a toddler, for sure. So, like, he had to take care of her. Like, I'm mm-hmm. seeing him, like, the reason he's fighting so hard to get back to her. Like, I'm seeing like, ever since he lost her, desperately <laughs> trying to guilty. get back to her. Yeah. Because yeah. he, he raised her, it kind of seems. And what happened to those kids that left, got left behind? Because we know that Cassian ends up getting um, kind of rescued, kind of taken um, by people who find him. And they're saying, you know, like, the Republic ships are on their way. Or, like, you know, the, the Imperial ships are on their way. Like, he's not going to survive. So what happens to all of the kids that get left behind? How Does Cassian know that his sister is alive? 
See, and like has that's something seen, we don't has know. Has he seen her within the ten years that have passed, basically? Yeah, I, I'm gonna be so devastated if we find out like she was, she's actually dead. I do think that if we find her, she's gonna die. Um, just because, well, yeah. Like, I know we're gonna no lead on. But I mean, that would be an interesting end, like if she was alive, because then they could go back and like have her story like after Cassian's death, which like, would be the interesting. legacy, the legacy, yeah, of, yeah. That that would be an interesting take. Um, I did really like. So we're introduced in episode three. Like Cassian is so angry about like the ship that crashed because um the people on it turned out to not actually be dead and they they killed one of the um kids that was with him so he goes back to the ship and he's just like letting out all of his anger and these two people um marva and clem andor are there um like i think they were doing the same thing they were just like gonna scrap it and that kind of stuff and when they find him they take him and it was really giving, like, colonization. It was. Like, yeah. Um, having worked at a museum that kind of deals with Indian removal, like, there was a lot of um, stories about, like, white people who would come across children after these wars. They're like, oh, they were orphaned. I'm like, no, you killed their parents. And that's yeah. kind of what it was giving, which is really interesting because like star wars has never explored something like that totally i and like you know marva is kind of so sure that she's doing the right thing and Mm -hmm. clem is kind of like i don't know like this feels weird but marva truly believes that she's doing the right thing because she thinks he's gonna be killed if she doesn't take him yeah but it's like the the way that she takes him in the moment but doesn't think about like where he came from and like other people there like I don't think Marva's a bad person like I really like her character it's just interesting like how complicated that whole situation is and I'm really drawn to know what Cassian's feelings are because it really does feel like she becomes his mother Mm -hmm. and like they 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 do seem like he deeply respects her in the mm-hmm. present, in the present timeline, it does feel like she he really respects her. So, like, I want to know like what she told him about that day, like yeah. what you know, um, because obviously at the time, like he probably remembers from his point of view, but he it's not like he understood English or like basic or whatever it's called in the Star Wars universe. So it's not like he would recollect the experience from her point of view. Exactly. Yeah. Well, and there's so much mystery about the fact that they've always lied about where he came from. Like, it, you know, like, it's, it's always said fest. Like, people even went back and looked at the, um, like, visual dictionary for Rogue One, and it says he's from fest. So, I know, right? Isn't that crazy? Yeah. Um, so, the fact that there's so much secrecy about this planet, like, I can't wait to find out like why why can't people know that he's from here why do people think everybody died like what really happened on was well, probably planet? like a cover-up i'm sure mm-hmm. like i mean if with the empire being involved like i'm sure it was something shady 
Because, so, you know, just, if, the Empire, if the Empire told everyone that everyone got wiped out by some circumstance and then people were to find out that there, there's actually kids that survivors. are alive yeah. who could probably say the events that what what actually happened and what what would happen to those kids because the empire would probably come after them and be like well these kids are evidence that's something else it happened differently you know yeah that's absolutely true it's just there's so many questions and i love that because i this series is going to be like you know 24 episodes by the end of it because it's going to be two seasons so i like that it's slowly unraveling. Mm -hmm. I feel like every episode, like we get an answer to something, but then there's something else will happen where it's like, whoa, wait a minute. And it it really draws you in. So do you want to talk about um, the characters we meet on Ferrix? Yeah. So we meet some interesting characters. We first we meet B, right? Yeah. So B is Marva's droid from what I understand. And it's B is short for B2EMO. <laughs> B2EMO. B2EMO. <laughs> he's, um, you know, he's worse for wear. He's seen better days. He kind of uh, stutters and shuts down pretty frequently. Um, Marva even makes a comment um, that, oh, he better not have, you know, powered down in this other room because, you know, <laughs> she's, she has some sort of disability or some sort of, like, I mean, she's old. Her. Yeah. yeah. Well, she Which also, is another thing. You don't see a ton of, like, old people in Star Wars. They all die. I know. Like, so she's, like, lived a life. Listen, yeah. I love B. Like, I, droids in Star Wars are the best, but B... <sighs> I love when Cassian, like, levels with him. He's like, I need you to lie for me. And B's like, uh... <laughs> like, I have enough reserves, enough power reserves for one lie. And he tells him, he's like, uh, that that's two lies. <laughs> he's just, he's so cute. He seems, like, nervous. I'll be sad that, like, you know, at the end of episode three, like, Cassian leaves. I'll be sad if we don't see more B. Because he's just so sweet. Yeah... I can tell that they were definitely going for some, like, K2SO vibes. Mm -hmm. Like, I I love Cassian with, like, his companions. Because, well, yeah. and I feel like w when it's a droid, you really see a different side to people. Like, this is going to be a weird comparison, but it's, like, um, in Lightyear. <laughs> um, you know, with socks, like... Because this person... You see I a feel, different side of us. Yeah, you well, because, like, you... you I feel like people feel more likely to, like, open up and be themselves because, like, it's not a person, if that makes sense. Mm -hmm. um, kind of like how, like, Din Djarin let um, that droid, like, remove his helmet and, like, that kind of thing. Like, it, it allows you a different glimpse into these people. Mm -hmm. And I really like that side with Cassian. So the other person we meet is Bix. Ugh. What do you think about Bix? I love her wife I love her material. Braids. Yeah. Uh, yeah, her two, like, fishtail braids, they're yeah. so good. Mm -hmm. That's going to be a very popular hairstyle. I can already see it. She's going to be a popular uh, cosplay mm -hmm. at Celebration. She is such an interesting character. Like, she's somebody who, like, she works at, like, uh, like a mechanic-type place. Like, she's, like, taking apart droids and mm -hmm. taking apart ships and all that. And clearly she's, like, <sighs> 
kind of selling some stuff like on the side like she's got a mysterious buyer that Cassian wants to talk to so she's like finding different ways to get money she's in a relationship with um, Space Tim that is Tim with two M's (laughs) Um, and I love that she just I don't know like she feels like very closed off she's been hurt she has been hurt yeah like she like she's she's been through it yeah, she's been through it, and she's protecting herself. Yeah. I, you can tell, like, like, she's she's trying to live a normal life, and she can't. Like, she yeah. she has to, like, do these other things. Like, I don't think she could ever live, like, a quiet life, because that's yeah. just not what she's used to. And she almost, like, like, okay, let's talk about Tim for a second, because I, like, <laughs> really hate Tim. I think he's a horrible boyfriend. Oh, yeah. And, like, and I do I do think that Bix maybe, like, is kind of just... I don't... I think it was a toxic <laughs> relationship on both of their ends. Yeah. To be perfectly honest. Um, yeah, I, I did see one comparison of Tim, someone saying that he's, like, the boyfriend in Devil Wears Prada. Oh, my God, you're right, though. <laughs> like, it's true, though. Yeah. Because he, like, he wants her to just live that normal life with him. And I I think he is a little jealous of Cassian, even though, like, I can see why he would be. But, like, I don't read anything into their relationship other than Cassian, like, needs money. (laughs) Like, Cassian is so broke. (laughs) I think, okay, this is going to go pretty deep. Because I think that potentially Cassian and Bix do have a very deep connection and and I think that there is a romantic connection there but I think both of them don't grant themselves to explore it because it would be too oh. devastating to both of them if it were to end because they've both been through so many bad things. Oh my god. I no, that's like how you're so I right read though. It. Like, you're so is, right that though. That is how I read it is that it would be too devastating to both of them to explore it because they're just both so pessimistic about everything that they know it would go badly. It would go badly. And, like, could you imagine, so, like, knowing that you get into Rogue One and you can see that Cassian is, like, finally allowing himself to kind of, like, feel something and then what happened? Yeah. Like, man. No, but I I feel that because I I think you can feel that, like, something has – something bad has happened to Bix. And she is living her life the best way that she can. And I I think Tim wants too much from her because I I do think that she really liked him. Like, and you can see that because, like, he he does die, which, like, Mm -hmm. rip, nobody cares. Um, But (laughs) Bix does care. Like, you can tell that she did – Yeah truly care for him even though like she had found out that like he was the reason all this is happening yeah i i, I think he just he let his jealousy and his possessiveness get yeah, in the way of it i i think that like going back to to the romantic connection with cassian i i almost feel like you know tim was a safe choice like it wasn't oh, that yeah. she didn't care for him it was that like if this this ended, I wouldn't be devastated. And that's, like, you know, protecting her own heart, mm-hmm. you know? Like, so she did care about him to a certain extent, but it She's wouldn't... Like, this relationship isn't going to hurt me. Yeah. Yeah, which in turn, I think, already had kind of poisoned it because she did keep him at arm's length, which yeah. made him kind of 
brought out the worst in him again. Yeah. And, like, it, it just, like, it was that vicious cycle of them yeah. both being toxic oh, to each other. So, so dramatic. Like, it's so good. Like, we haven't really seen, like, that kind of complex relationship before in Star Wars. Yeah. I, like, the first time I watched it, I almost wondered, like, if Cassian and Bix were having an affair on the side. Mm-hmm. Because I kind of, you, you're kind of watching it from Tim's perspective. And I think yeah. that Tim thinks that. I, I could see, like, if, it, if it's not them, like, both denying themselves because, like, they know that, like, it's going to end badly. I could see it as also, like, maybe they did, like, once upon a long ago. And it was like, eh, it doesn't really work. So now they're just, like, kind of partners, yeah. you know, in a kind of mm-hmm. way. Which... I can also see where, like, that would make somebody jealous if you don't know the history as well. Yeah. Well, like, the other side of it is that scene with Marva, and Marva is questioning Cassian, saying, who knows that you're from Canari? And, like, they start listing off these girls that, like, Cassian probably had, like, flings or, like, one-night stands with. And then Mm -hmm. Bix is brought up. And he immediately, like, his his mood changes and he just is like, don't, like, bring Bix into this. Like, she's different. Obviously, yeah. she is not. She matters. Lumped. She is not, like, those one nice hands. Like, she is mm-hmm. not. It's so, I love it. <laughs> yeah, no, it's, it's good. Like, it's, it's definitely good. And I'm, I'm like, <sighs> Diego Luna as a romantic lead like yes please I Mm -hmm. hope that we see like I I know that we're gonna see more of Bix like there's so much up in the air because at the end of episode three like Cassian leaves Mm -hmm. so like it's gonna be interesting to see how these other characters are like tied in and brought back like I I do think that like Bix is probably gonna end up in the rebellion too or like, it could even be that she ends up in, like, Saw Gerrera's company, because, like, we know he's coming. Like, she's just so angry. Like, I could see the rebellion not oh. being enough for her. Wow, yeah. The other character that we definitely have to talk about is um, Cyril. Is that how you say it? Yeah. Cyril? Cyril? I don't know. Cyril? Cyril? He is a cop in space. He's a space <laughs> cop. He's a space cop. But, like, listen... So many people are already like calling the shipping police, calling the the uwu Guys, baby it's police. Fictional. It's like, fictional. These people aren't like shipping a real life cop. Like, is he's a baby? Fictional. Okay, he's a baby. He's a he's he's evil. Like, don't get me wrong. Like the the way that they portray cops in. And or is very much, like, reflective of our society. Mm-hmm. Like, especially, yes. like, did he notice, like, the profiling of Andor, like, the way he looks. Yes. Like, Cassian looks and everything and how, like, oh, my gosh. We've never seen anything like that. Yeah. Ever. Well, and, like, they do have that, like, empire lean-in, which is always present. So, like, the empire is, like, so bureaucratic and mm-hmm. there's so many rules to follow. And, like, Cyril is, like thrives in that like he is a rule yeah. follower he he's does things like he's a virgo he's a like, virgo he does it by the book you gotta do the cooking by the book like that is him so like 
when he finds out that not everybody thinks this way and like his like commanding officer is like wanting to sweep these murders under the rug, he's like appalled. Yeah. He's like, are you kidding yeah. me? We have to follow protocol. He is a Virgo and, through and through. Like I uh, know one when I see one. Oh yeah, hundred <laughs> percent. And like, listen, I think that there is more to him. And I do think we might see him either his arc's going to go, like, one of two ways. Like, he's either going to switch sides or he's going to completely descend into madness. Like, I, I saw yeah. somebody compare him to Javert from yeah. um, Les Mis. Which, Les Mis. Absolutely. Um, because he, he decides to... obsessed with the fight. Like, with Oh, yeah. Like, he he becomes obsessed with finding Cassia. And, like, I could definitely see that happening. Because he goes behind his commanding officer's back. He's like, we're going to find this guy anyway. He ends up, they, you know, they find Cassian because Tim um, tips him off. And he takes, you know, like 12 officers with him. They go down there. And the first, like, crack in the glass for him, to me, was when he was, like, addressing them. And you could tell how nervous he was. Like, yeah, he... He's not like an in the field fighting kind of person. Like he no. is a He's like, like a legit he's like a detective he's a protocol logistics person. kind of. Yes. Yeah. Um so there was that and then when this fight goes so badly for them, he like, is you can like tell in that, shock. Well, like they're frustrated because they're like it's two guys, you know? But he is so in shock. And I that's why I'm like he's either going to become disillusioned with like his position in the empire or he's going to like double down and become obsessed like yeah and i love that i love that i don't really know which way it's gonna tip and i Mm -hmm. like that we've kind of seen this like you know like is it that he's evil or is it like lost stars where like there's just people who exist within the empire and he like takes his job really seriously He's bra- he's definitely brainwashed. Like he's he definitely is brainwashed. 100% brainwashed and it's interesting like I kind of want to know his backstory. Like how was he raised? What were his parents like? Conservative, I, like, I'm sure. Yeah. Empire I almost, follow- like Palpatine followers, you know. I kind like, of think that he came from like a very rich family. Yeah. Potentially a line of cops. Like a line. Yeah. I can you see know, that. And, and him not having much field experience um, kind of makes me think, this is like getting really fan fiction-y, I guess, but like I almost think that because his family is a long line of cops, he just never had like field experience because he kind of got put in like a good position off the bat out of school. Like Absolutely. he just, privilege, right? Like he's a very privileged Guy. Well, and like, what if he's a disappointment because he's an office guy? Inter- like, that's also interesting. Like, he he's definitely okay. Like, listen. So, like, we are like going into fan fiction territory, which I said though. <laughs> like, he reads like fan fiction hucks. Yeah, like he does. Um, so I read Love on the Brain, and um, Levi in that. Um, he's like the Kylo Ren character. Not that it's. Raylo this time, but, like, of course it is. But anyway, um, so, like, Levi in that, 
his family is like a long line of like military people. So like he is the disappointment of the family, even though he works for NASA and he's a big shot engineer. He's a failure to them because he isn't in the military. Um, so like I could even see like that, like he's doing it, but like not the way he's supposed like he's to be. He's not an imperial. He's like a cop, which is like a step below. Well, he's like a very low level person in the law enforcement. Like yeah. he's, he's a detective, but he's like, you know, mo- the Karns like, are this like big prestigious yeah. family within the empire potentially, and he just is a back office cop. Yes. This is all 100% true. You heard it here first on Lipstick and Lightsabers. Yeah. I'm like, <laughs> no, I'm so intrigued by this character and I want to know yeah. so much about him. He's very interesting. And like, I I think the name of the game with this show is that nobody is like, nothing's black and white. Nothing's cut yeah. and dry. There is no like good side and bad side. Um, and that's the thing about this era of the rebellion. And that's what you get into with Saw Gerrera. Like, you see that in Battlefront 2. Like, even on the quote-unquote good side, you have not good people. Mm-hmm. And that's a complexity that I love to see explored in fiction. Because you want to, like, see yeah. the complexities in it. They're really doing something, like, insane here with this world building, with this character yeah. building. But also, like, Cyril... He modified his outfit, his uniform. No, the moment, the moment that that was brought up, I was like, that is fan fiction fuel. Like, yes. that is like <laughs> the kind of thing that you like a little tidbit about a character and it gives you so much information. I know so much about him because of that one comment. Yeah, like, that he, one comment where like, did you modify your uniform? He's like some slight piping and tailoring. I'm like, yep. And pockets. Yep. He added pockets. And pockets. He added pockets. Mm-hmm. Like, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. yep. <laughs> Listen, like, you can't tell me that you heard that line and then said, like, no, he's a bad man. Like, he's also a fashion icon. Okay. <laughs> so do we want to talk about, like, we kind of jumped all over the place. I would say, like, with episode two, mm-hmm. um, which <laughs> I love the name of episode two is That Would Be Me, because the scene where Cassian says that is when... Marva is like, who who knows? Like, who did you tell? Like, what happened? And he's like, that that would be me. Like, <laughs> like I messed up. Whoops. <laughs> Just I like I think episode two, like, it, it is like more build up. Like episode one and two is like really building to episode three. And like you see more of the flashbacks, you learn more about the mining disaster, you see, you know, somebody die who's part of his um little group of like surviving like kids um the best part to be introduced in this episode though is the guy in the bell tower he's intense i even he loves his job i had to like even put a bullet point for the bell tower dude he loves his job he's very good at it he's so into it (laughs) like i was watching it with my mom and she's like they have droids and stuff and they don't have bells I enjoy that does the bell tower. Well, like, it's just a guy up there, like, hitting a piece of steel with hammers. Well, like, 
What's interesting about that is if they were ever to do, you know, a certain point of view and or. He would have a certain point like of view. he would have one and you would probably find out that it was some like very long standing tradition in Ferrix. Like oh, they couldn't replace it with machines because it was part of their history. Like it, yeah. like something, I don't know. I, I, I think that would be a cool story. We'll see, like, once again, like, it's it's like those little details. So, like, there's that. If there was a certain point of view, you know there'd be one about the guy who's eating the blue noodles. Yeah. Like, he would have one. Okay, guys, bring the blue noodles to Galaxy Edge. I want the blue noodles. Mm-hmm. I would I want to eat yeah. them out of that Star Wars Chinese takeout container with chopsticks. Yeah. Please. Like, what a great idea for grab-and-go food. I do have to say, like... Things, and this isn't, like, a complaint. Things felt more real. In, yes. In more, like, more like our world. Like you said, like, you know, like, the Chinese takeout container. Like, the, um, forget, there was one line that I think Bix says that I, it took me out. Like, it just, it's like, or, like, there was a tank top she was wearing. And I'm like, that looks like a tank top. I go to the mall and just buy it. Oh, yeah, like, when she wakes up at Tim's house and, like, they're just, like, yeah. drinking calf and just, like, talking. And she's like, please tell me you have calf. Like, I'm yeah. like, that is, like, so real. Well, she's that like, is... can you, like, open the yard for me? Like, they're just, like, getting ready for work. Like, the yeah. people who work, I guess it's, like, a salvage yard, and they, like, go and they get their gloves, like. The glove wall. There the was glove a wall. wall of gloves. Okay, like, did you also feel, so, like, uh, the guy who he's talking to it's like brazos it's not brazos that's from only murders in the building (laughs) that's from only murders in the building (laughs) but you know you know who i'm talking about um that guy every time he picks up his gloves the camera like does this like weird thing where it focuses in on the set next to him and i'm like those are cassian's right like that's Cassian's job. Like, like he's Cassian's a salvager, not isn't showing he? up to work. Not showing up to work. It's so obvious that Cassian is like a deadbeat. He owes so many people money. Like, I love that. He. The is, universe is very deep. Like they're yes. they're trusting the audience. They like really we're are. you know like you you just put that together that you know them focusing on those other gloves is telling the audience that Cassian is supposed to be there too. Like. Normally, Star Wars just kind of like hand feeds us. Yeah, hand feeds you everything, and like for once, they're actually trusting the audience to pick up on those cues. Mm -hmm. It feels like this is gonna be weird to say, but it feels so grown up. It does. You like you? You know what I mean when I say that? Like it just it feels so grown up. Mm -hmm. And 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 it feels grown up without being like. Um, like R or even PG thirteen. Yeah, like, like it, it, it's not that it feels like mature. It it just feels like, like you said, like they they trust the audience. They're telling this really complex story, and they're trusting the audience to understand and go on this journey with them. And I love that. Like I I, I, I really feel like <laughs> that's like what the Last Jedi was doing too. Yeah. Um, I feel like season one of Mando was getting there, and then season two they took a step back and, like, hand-fed us again. Um, mm-hmm. And I, I feel like Star Wars books sometimes do that, and lately yeah. I feel like they've been kind of letting the audience, like, figure things out on their own, and I really and like that. It's so much more fun to have a conversation like this and analyze what they're showing us. 
Yeah. Like, I have this conversation and be like, oh, I picked up on this cue. Like, did you? And, like, mm-hmm. with other stuff, it's just so in your face and heavy-handed that it's, like, there's less analysis to be had. Yeah. Well, like, I even caught myself because I watched the first two episodes twice. Um, I didn't watch the third episode twice, but I, I did watch the first two twice. And the first time I saw Bix, you know, she's, like, going to run her errands. And she goes and, like, talks to this guy. And it's, it's really to get her to go, like, up into this tower to contact her buyer. And the first time I watched it, I was so, like, plugged into, like, the I'm watching a Star Wars show mindset that for some reason I'm like, oh, she's monitoring Imperial Chatter or she's contacting the Rebellion or, like, whatever. But then I watched it again and I'm like, no, like, she's just... Like, this is so self-contained. This is her every day. This, this is her is every just, day. This is her... This is a girl on Ferrix going about her day. Going about her day. Like, contacting her buyer. She's trying to get by. Like, I love that. Like, I... It, it feels like I caught myself in a lot of ways. Yeah. Well, like, you know, I caught myself, mm-hmm. like, expecting it to be so interconnected and the lore and all this kind of stuff but it's like yeah it just feels so grounded and that's really refreshing i think we're like kind of ready to move into like more on episode three and i think the yeah, big thing here luthen. yeah is the introduction of luthen um is it luthen rail yeah yeah our mama mia boy yeah and well he's our um bootstrap bill turner oh my goodness well he was he, also in thor yeah like Stellan Skarsgård, like he just he can do anything yeah <laughs> he like the second he was introduced though like this is gonna sound so weird but you know how we've been you know how jasper is like battle scars or whatever yeah like i get he like radiates that energy to me for some reason <laughs> does that make sense <laughs> Yeah, I like his voice. The voice that he does in this really reminds me of the Bill Turner mm-hmm. voice. Like that's what I would think about. Like I was just like, oh, this is Bill Turner. The mm-hmm. voice. It's like he's spunky though. Like I, he is. I, he is clearly very prepared. He over he analyzes situations in an interesting way. He's some rich dude. Um, well, and he wasn't just there. So like. Cassian's trying to move this, like, box thing that's got, I think it's, like, Imperial Codes or something. Yeah, it was very, he said, it's worth a lot. Whatever it is, it's worth a lot of money. But, like, that's not really why Luthen was there. Because he wasn't super worried about the fact that they leave the box behind. Like, he was there for Cassian. Yeah. Yeah. Like, he, he knew about Cassian. Which is very interesting. Like, it it was giving to me when the rebellion like break Jin out of prison because they know mm-hmm. who she is. Like it, it was kind of giving that. Yeah. Well, I guess because he's in contact with Bic, so I like I don't know if it just has to do with the fact that Cassian is wanted across the galaxy right now, or like. But Bix is he is, wanted across the galaxy? Or it's like maybe just Ferrix? Like is it just the midrim kind of? It like it's not like even it's just. It sounds like it's just this system, like, because mm-hmm. um, I don't, he was on kind of like a different little planet, so I think it's just like this little planetary system, maybe. Yeah. 
So, it, like, it feels small scale. Although they do, when they p- pull up his file, like, he's gotten into it with the Empire before. So it wouldn't surprise me if there's some kind of bounty on him or whatever. But I feel like the mention of Cassian piqued his interest more than whatever Cassian was trying to sell him. Yeah. And what, like, what does Cassian have to offer him that he can't get from someone else? Yeah. Do you think that we're going to see him being used as propaganda? Because, like, we, we talked about, like, what happened on um, Canari and, like, mm-hmm. maybe the Empire trying to, like, cover that up. Do you think that, like, supposedly, like, the Senate or the Rebellion are going to try to prop him up? kind of reminds me of, like, up? Hunger Games. <laughs> exactly, yeah. No, like, that's that's kind of what it's reminding me of, too. Like, look what the Empire has done. Like, he was a survivor. Look district. what happened to him. Yeah. Yeah. Like, Interesting. I could feel I could see that. Something like that. I could like totally that. see that. Yeah. Okay, I'm on board with that. Interesting. There's just so many, like, avenues for this to go. And, like, when he leaves, when Cassian leaves with Luthen, like, that ending scene of him, like, leaving on that ship and it mirroring him as a little boy being taken, that was good. Away from his home. Well, yeah. He's he's leaving what he knows as home, right? Yeah. I, I get the feeling that... Even when Cassian leaves Ferrix, he doesn't go very far. Yeah. I think he's always kind of stuck close to home. But I feel like he's always, it's been kind of like him and Marva for a while. Like, I'm guessing that maybe Clem died. Um, Mm -hmm. So it's just been them for a while. So it's really interesting that he's, like, kind of going out and seeing the wider world. And I kind of imagine him having that similar opinion to Jin, you know, like the Empire is not a problem if you don't look up, except I think there's still a lot of rage with what happened to him. Yeah. More um well with Jin, it it's I guess in both situations their parents are killed by the Empire. Mm-hmm. Because like Jin watches her mom get killed. Yeah. And I assume later, later, yeah. But as a a young kid, though, like similar Mm. to Cassian, probably around the same age, like close to it. You can see why Jin rubs him the wrong way in the beginning because he doesn't have the luxury of not fighting the Empire. Yeah. And not he's never that, been the privilege. He's never been like the privilege, like yeah. you know. Even though that Jin grew up a bit on the run at times, especially after she got with Saab, her life before that, she personally had a good life because she was unaware mm-hmm. what was going on with her dad. Like she didn't yeah. know the stresses that her dad was going through every day. But she had a very privileged childhood before Saw. Yeah, I I think she was kind of kept sheltered from it. And then, like, Mm -hmm. obviously, like, Saw kind of threw her into the fire. But then after that, she just keeps her head down and just tries Mm -hmm. to stay out of trouble. And I feel like with Cassian, and, like, maybe he feels like this because he's trying to get back to his sister. Like, he still has something to fight for. So, like, that's Mm -hmm. why he's always fighting. Whereas, like, Jen doesn't. So she just doesn't fight. And that's... 
like really interesting to like put those characters opposite each other. And yeah. then the fact that Jen's the one to teach Cassian how to hope again. Mm-hmm. Like that's there's a lot there. Yeah. And like you could say a lot about privilege in Star Wars. You could say, you know, Ben Solo was a very privileged kid mm-hmm. and Ray wasn't. You know, like I, I mean, there's I would always even been say, I would even say that Luke is privileged in that he grew up so far removed from everything. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like, he was just, his biggest worry was if he was going to have to stay on the farm or if he was going to get to go to the academy. Yeah. You know? Like, he, mm-hmm. I, I feel like he, we see that brush up against Leia a lot because Leia very much grew up in the fights. But at the same time, she, I think she recognizes her privilege, though, because, like, Leia grew up with a ton of privilege, but she recognized it. Um, and I think it's it's a really interesting theme to continue to explore, especially with Cassian um, and Jen. Mm-hmm. I'm, like, overall just so happy that they decided to revisit a story like Rogue One and expand on it, because it's such a different type of story for Star Wars. Like, it still feels like Star Wars, but it really stands out. And I'm glad that they chose it to, like, return to. Yeah, and it feels very expensive. Oh, yeah. They didn't use the volume. Oh, they didn't? Oh, so it's, like, location. So they shot, so um, Obi-Wan and Mando, they shot, I think, in L.A. at the volume. And then Mm -hmm. Andor actually shot in London at Pinewood, where the movies are shot. Oh. Yeah. Yeah, see, it just, it, everything they did, like, really paid off. Like I, I can't wait really to see like the it. making of when they it's do the good. making of special. Yeah, yes. <laughs> yeah. I'm, I'm like loving this series right now. I think it's like listen. I loved Obi Wan. Like Obi Wan as a series was so so good. But like right now, like Andor, I feel like might be like the best thing that they've made. Yeah. Well, I think the difference is that Obi Wan as a character, a lot of us know him. And it was a mini series, so it was more about um, Obi Wan in that time, like six short episodes, you know, like telling this very tight story. And we're and or Cassian, we don't actually know that much about him. It's really about building him up as a character and taking our time and breathing through this, mm-hmm. you know, like not go 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 go. Man, Star Wars having the time to breathe. <laughs> Who would have thought? <laughs> Who would have thought, yeah. And I mean, we obviously know that there are some cameos coming. Like, we know Mon Mothma's coming. We know Saw Gerrera. But, like, these aren't cameos like Ahsoka. They're not cameos like Darth Maul or, like, things like that. They're not because... cameos that people are itching for. Like No, they're just, like, things that show, like, we are connected to a wider story. Yeah, and I and like that. I mean, that. they have to be because this story, I think, is how Cassian finds his place in the rebellion. Like, it has to mm-hmm. be connected to some things. Like, it's not well, and completely like, you disjointed. Can't, you can't tell a story about joining the rebellion without, one, having the head of the rebellion, which is Mon Mothma, and mm-hmm. two, having the head of the other side of the rebellion, which is Saw Gerrera. They present yeah. very two opposing views, even though they're both in opposition to the Empire. And that's, like, 
going to be, like, decisions to be made. Mm-hmm. I just thought about this. Do you think there's going to be, like, a little Jin? No, Jin's not with them at this time. She's on the run. The saw. Yeah. Yeah, because she's how how much younger than Cassie and Ishii? They're, I think, they're the same age, actually. Or really? she, I think she's 22 mm-hmm. in Rogue One. So, so she would be yes so she's they're four okay. years apart maybe so she's like 17 yeah so this is this is rebel rising time Ooh. Okay. and i miss I, I misspoke before somebody clarified this for me so um beth revis so she wrote um the princess and the scoundrel she wrote the Jin book not most wanted most wanted was um somebody Ray else Carson. in the name yes ray carson i don't know why i got that mixed up um, but the, she's definitely, like, in Rebel Rising time right now. Okay. So, like, if there was a mention, it would be Saw mentioning, like, having a ward or something like that. Like, she wouldn't be in it. She's on the run right now. Yeah. But I, I'm gl- I'm kind of glad. Like, oh, 100%. doesn't need to be there. No. I, the only reason it would be interesting if, like, she's mentioned would it just be, like, a like a force or like a fate type of thing because we know that like they're gonna meet and it's gonna like change everything you know it's just kind of like one of those like resonance things I guess yeah especially in a show like okay so like I love also that the show like the force is not anywhere here like yeah it's I don't think the force will ever show up no which I like um because I feel like I mean, obviously, Mandalorian had, you know, Baby Yoda and all of that, but it felt very much like an outsider's perspective on the Force until we brought in, like, Ahsoka yeah. and Luke and everybody. Um, and with this, it's just so far removed, which, again, is very Rogue One. Like, Rogue One was, like, so far removed from that side of the story. Mm-hmm. But we did get some more glimpses of the Force in Rogue One with, like, the whales and everything with... um Turret and bass. D- we didn't talk about the music. Did you want to talk about that? Oh, I just, I don't have that much to say about it other than I really like it. Um, Nicholas Patel is the composer and he did the Cruella score and he did Moonlight. Um, Very so diverse. Like, I would, I, yeah, those are the, I, I, I looked at, I looked at his filmography and those are the two that I've seen. Um, but I like, it doesn't even sound like Star Wars music, yet it fits. Like, it, there's, like, drums. Like, you know, like, that mm-hmm. scene at the end of the episode where, like, Cassie's walking and the drums are, like, going? I'm mm-hmm. like, that's so cool. Like, that's different. I love it. Yeah, it works really well. Is there anything else about these three episodes that we haven't covered yet? Mm-hmm. I did think that the episode three title being called The Reckoning was interesting because immediately it kind of uh, put sirens off in my head because The Mandalorian has an episode called The Reckoning. Yeah, and it was also kind of a shootout type of episode. Yeah. It was Very like, interesting. Um, it was episode seven of season one. Mm-hmm. Was that a Deborah Chow episode? Mm-hmm. Yeah, you're right. Yeah, it was. Deborah Chow. Mm-hmm. Deborah Chow. Oh, yeah. I remember because that was a good episode. That was a good one. I am so excited for this week since we're going to be in a new location with Cassian. Like, we're going to 
find out where they're going. I'm so into this series and like the fact that it's so mm-hmm. weird because we got three all at once so in two weeks we're already gonna be halfway through the season no there's 12 well there's 12 episodes right i know so, so we're gonna, we're get gonna episode be five no uh, we have oh not you're right you're right you're right, you're right i so in but we're still <laughs> like we're already like a quarter of the way in i don't know why i skipped episode five but like yeah i'm i'm excited to see where we're going i i think there's going to be a lot of good stuff in store for this series. It's very good. It's very good. So I think that's going to do it for this episode. We're so in love with the series. Obviously, we would love to hear any of your thoughts. Um, if there's anything that you caught that we didn't in these couple of episodes, if you would like to keep the conversation going, you can find us pretty much always on Twitter at lip underscore lightsabers. I am at McCarter Shannon and Alex is at Alex Leonis. And we will see you guys next time. Bye. Bye. Bye.